What's going on guys? Welcome to River City 93, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves, the beautiful game network, and of course, for the culture. I'm your host, Elliot Barr. This is... Shanair. And it's not... I want to say I'm disappointed. Because no. Because my expectations was already low. <laughs> yeah, my expectations were already low as well. Um, for those who don't know, Richmond lost 2-1 to Chattanooga, but it's not like a 2-1 loss that we were like heavily anticipating. I mean, and I just to clarify, when we say our expectations were low, it's because of personnel issues, like the two oh, red card, two two red cards for Akwe and 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 Connor Shinovsky. So we were missing our two center backs and Gallardo off of yellow card yellow card accumulation. Yeah. So it's like our two best center backs play the kids, pull <laughs> <laughs> the ball out there and, and have fun. fun. Yep, just play the kids. <laughs> That's what we, that was my expectation. But exactly. then we saw the lineup and we were like, oh, they're actually oh. going for it. <laughs> He's actually putting in some effort. Yeah, and this is coming off of our dark, depressing podcast that we had last week, where we were just like really, I would say, me questioning Bureau's technical element. In this game, because I was, I was just more like, so questioning just the heart of the players at that point. That too. But also <laughs> in terms of just like, this game is really going to prove whether or not can he get a lineup that one, can go out here and have a good effort, mm-hmm. at least challenge, make it look like they care. And he, I will say this, until that red card happened in the 23rd minute, it was there. It was. It, it was, was like... We came out in a 4-4-2, so we had Troyer taking the place of Connor. You had Lockerbie and Thompson at fullback. You had Nwapi and Hughes out of the wings. Akerode and Maxi in the mid. And you had Boateng and Chang getting up top. Yeah. Boateng was kind of a surprise to me, but of course, if you're going to play the kids, why not put the 17-year-old out there and see what he can do? And see what, Exactly. Just um, see what, what, what he can pull. He also scored a banger that we're going to talk Ooh, about. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one. Uh, well, for the most part, this game was pretty much even. Like It was 11 shots to go for Chattanooga, 13... For Richmond, I think six for Richmond that were on target. Yep. Five for um, Chattanooga that were on target. No, it was four for Richmond that were oh, on four? target. Yes. I can't do math. <laughs> yeah, four on target <laughs> for Richmond, five on target for Chattanooga. That's still basically practically the same. You yeah, know. and I will say this too. It was... We had more passing in the opponent's half than did. in our own half. But this is the thing about it. It was more of like, we saw pressing. That we, I, I, uh, everyone at Baja B was kind of just like, yo, is this the same Richmond team from before? Last exactly. Like, because we're pressing? We're, oh, it was, we're going at it? We're trying to create? Like, where has this team yeah, been at? It was but I think it's just come from what the 4-4-2 is. It truly is a, a system made for pressing. Like, yeah. your two strikers are on their two center backs. The wingers and, are on their full backs. Yeah, and just wa- in just ways, ways of you pressing. just go. Yeah. And it, I got to say, it looked very impressive. Crab comes on and Boda comes off. Yeah. Ekerota who gets yellow cards. I can understand why that because you don't you don't want to have a repeat of Tucson. Yeah. So Ekerota comes on and Chen comes off because it's like all right, the three three two clearly it wasn't allowing us yeah, to get three four two wasn't game. wasn't working yeah. how we wanted to. So I think what happened was I don't know the math on this. I think we went to a three four one. So we still have that flat four midfielders yeah. of. No, we still had those. We still we had three in the back. We had a we had a three four two, but I think 
We have a one striker to, on top. Yeah, we basically shifted to a three three two one to have wait. Three three two one. Uh-huh. Oh, wait. Oh, once again, I can't do math properly. <laughs> Only it's, one player got sent off. Yeah. It wasn't like last time. <laughs> we had we had ten players on the field, not nine. <laughs> this is why my math, this is why my wife is the math teacher and I'm clearly not. <laughs> so I was sitting here thinking, like, wait, that doesn't how does that work? That doesn't make sense. Um but yeah. So then it looks a lot better. Like, yeah. It looks a lot better. Like we start we start We're still attacking, but yeah. you can tell like without that extra person in defense, we have holes back there. I, once again, you can't rely on in no slight to Ivan, but having him back there by himself is the only pure center back, you can tell like all right, this isn't something that's gonna work well. Now Boateng, I I don't know where he decided to come from, because where this performance been at? Ah, uh, that's that was my question. I mean, he now granted, I will say this: we were at the watch party at Baja Bean. My hands off the Baja Bean because they're about to close soon. But shout out to Jeff and them; they were awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where, where was where's this Boateng been at? <laughs> I don't know. Um, because that was a strike. That was a strike and a half. He he hit that one and it stayed hit. Um. I, I don't know. It, it was it was beautiful. It was yeah. very, very, very well done. Like, it was really just, like, last gas. Like, Bojan was like, you know what? I'm just going to take the strike. Yeah. And there was nothing Malagoski. It was nothing that, I mean, not Malagoski. That's our player. Mangles could do about it. Yeah. There was absolutely nothing he could do about it to yeah. try to save it. But I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the, the ball from Wape was right on Boateng's foot. Oh yeah, and with the defender being somewhat close to Boateng, he he really found him well. He did. He. I don't know how. First of all, if Wape finds his pass. Secondly, Boateng to have the presence of mind to control it with his left foot and be like, you know what? In the same motion, I'm going to just swing at it. Yeah, I mean, he took the ball with his inside foot, so he took the ball with his right foot. Basically bringing it down and off that first bounce off his foot, he just rifles at it with his left. By just, the way, if it sounds like we're stuttering, that's because Janir had to pull up the play again to remember how the play went. <laughs> yeah. So just I mean, because I knew there was a there was a you can really see who, good, who became not prepared for the podcast. <laughs> I knew there was a good pass that came <laughs> from it, but I just didn't I didn't I didn't remember where it came from. But Mwape, I mean, just. To, it was a serious dag just to it was to ping that ball across. Just, I think that's what Iwapi brings to the team. He can he can make that kind of pass when given time and the opportunity to find space. I think this Chattanooga. Well, my 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 question is where has that been all season though? Because all season we've been in that situation. No 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 no. In that situation, Iwapi <laughs> is literally making a beeline for the corner flag rather than sitting back and making that diagonal cross up. Yeah. So what? Where has that been? Why, if he has that in his locker, why are we making him run all the way to the end line and try and do a backwards cross every time? Literally, that's what he's been doing all season: run to the end line, take the player on, or maybe try and make a cross. Mm. <laughs> but if I he can hit this. those, I mean, yeah, let's use that. Right? And I will say this: so it's two one at that moment, and then like the last twenty minutes or so, it was kind of like, granted. 
Richmond had chances all the way up until the end. Mm-hmm. And it was a better, much better performance than that of Tucson. It was much better. Even better than the forward game. To yeah, be it was it was fighting. It didn't look like individual efforts. It didn't look like, I'm going to do this all by myself. It looked like, yo, we got to do this as a team. We got to do this together. Now, granted, Let's do it. Things may look totally different if the red card doesn't happen. Yeah. It doesn't lead to the second goal where we're down a man and you've on one center back. It could be a totally different game. We could have walked out with a win. Who knows? Yeah. But I will tip my hat to the team and to Bulow saying, like, hey. Well done. You did the best with what you can do. Yeah. You, you and I don't really think work. any Richmond fan, like, honestly would have been, like, I don't think any Richmond fan. Can say that wasn't good enough. I yeah. Mean, it, it well, was, <laughs> I mean, on the scoreboard. Well, on the scoreboard, no, it wasn't good enough. But in terms of the performance, in terms of the fight that the boys had, in terms of. And what you had available. Yeah, of what you we know. had available with two main center backs missing. Yeah. So, if you were following us on Twitter, I think we were, I think every Ford fan became a Richmond account fan mm-hmm. uh, for like 24 hours because they drew against Tucson on Friday night. So, they needed us to beat Chattanooga mm-hmm. to get in. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> so, next Saturday, if the playoff scenario goes, if Lansing beats Ford at the 3 o'clock game, they then have to wait to 7 to see who wins the Chattanooga and Toronto game. If Chattanooga wins, Chattanooga takes that spot for Ford. And Ford falls out. If, I believe a draw is fine for Ford if both of them draw. But pretty much it's winning your end. Yeah. Me personally... It's great for me on social media because if four falls out, all their fans are going to be like, oh my God. Like, it's going to be a mess. Yeah. If Chattanooga doesn't get in, Chattanooga FC is going to rip them to shreds. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to be laughing regardless. USL, chaos is perfect. Now, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I, I, will, I will be rooting forward because they were very gracious guests. I'm not. Hey, I I, want chaos. (laughs) I want I want Ford to sweat to the 90th minute in that Chattanooga game. I want chaos. I want... And that's that's the thing. So forward, they basically, um, almost basically have to win. Yeah. Because Chattanooga are at home against Toronto. The thing is, you're playing your closest rival in Lansing. In Lansing. Oh, oh Ooh, if there was a way for drama, us to go drama, 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 drama. In the meantime, we're us. playing against Orlando City B. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, gonna, I'm going to that game. I'm going to get crazy. Let's, let's, let's um, do it. <laughs> if there was a way how to go to that game, I would be up there. I just, I just want to see it. This is the thing that Take a, a road trip up to Lansing. This is the thing that our robberies are built, built off of. Like, I, I would say this. USL has... You have three good rivalries in USL. You have Lansing and Ford, Greenville and South Georgia, mm-hmm. Richmond and Ford. Those yeah. are your three, like, those are USL. Like, these are the best rivalries. Yeah. I, but each rivalry fits a different demographic. Like, yeah. It's a different, it's a different reason for Yeah, the like, Richmond and Ford, we're never going to be heated rivals. Yeah, it's just going to be banter. Away. It's banter. But rivalry. it's more of, like, the Henny Cup. <laughs> it's more like friends that have a friendly like 
It's banter. Friendly, yeah. yeah. And just, just a banter rhyme. And four? If that plays out right, that could be. That's like, a local derby, basically. That could be Boston and LA in the 80s in basketball. And then Greenville and Tormenta. Mm. It's more of a, a regional thing. It, well, with both Ford and Atlantic are both regional. Both Greenville and Georgia, South Georgia is more of like, we're cool with each other, but I'm only cool with you because we're close to each other. Mm-hmm. I will backstab you if I got to. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what that robbery reminds me of. Um, so next week, of course, we play Wednesday against Toronto at 7 p.m. City Stadium come out because I think they're giving away 400 t-shirts to the first, first 400 fans. fans. Yeah, I said for, yeah, I messed that all up. Um, <laughs> we play Toronto at 7 p.m. Then Friday, Tucson plays North Texas. If you want to watch that game, I don't think there's no reason to watch that. No, game. Tucson's um, definitely out. Texas definitely in. in. <sighs> I, I question for that game: Do you, if you're North Texas? Do you play your starting lineup, or no. do you go full kids? I, I think oh, both teams go full, full kids. Do you go full toddler? <laughs> I think both. Yeah, because they are kids. Uh, I think both teams go go full kids, go reserve. Because at the end of the day, what does Tucson have to lose? Tucson at the at this point, they they, they just true. need to give those my players that have not North played Texas some, and how some many times time on the field. That's true. My only concern when it comes to North Texas is how many times have we seen. A team that's like they already locked up the number one spot. They've had it for a while, and that last week they rest everyone, and then they play in the following week the starters, and it looked all out of whack. That's, that's my only true. concern, but yeah, that's, that's true. it. Um, that's true. The other games, like I said, you got Lansing forward at three p.m. You got Richmond, Orlando City B. That's our final whole game. Chattanooga and Toronto seven o'clock, and then South Georgia and Greenville at eight p.m. My only question is, I wish there was a way that you could have all those games at the same time, starting at the same time, so it would be like a real like decision they kind of – because honestly, say if Ford wins that 3 o'clock game, then that Chattanooga and Toronto game is like worthless. Exactly. So then, then there's there's a, a change in decision, but should they, shouldn't they have the roster out already by the time that game's done? Because uh, I mean, that game will end around – Five. Well, yeah. You can still change it. You can still change yeah, the you can roster. Still change it. But then the other thing too is, well, I mean, there's still something to play in that Greenville and South Georgia game. If Greenville, not my fault. If Lansing loses, Greenville can then take over the number two spot. Yeah. So then, that that three o'clock game really determines a lot. Yeah. Because if Lansing wins, then then this Greenville is like, all right, you know what? We're just gonna rest people. To get ready for the playoffs, because you know, like we gotta go on the road. Yeah. We're not gonna play a full lineup. But if Lansing then loses and forwards in, does Greenville then be like, "Well, let's go out here and try to beat South Georgia team, a South Georgia team that we have said fell Richmond has off. had Richmond has had a disappointing season. Don't get me wrong, but you talk about a team that was second in the table in June and coasting and, and, and just nosed out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Have not looked, and granted, the Michelotto injury, I think, had a lot to do with that. But, but one this, player for the entire rest of the this season looks just nothing like what they did in the beginning. No, they have just gone straight down. Yeah, they 
I don't know what had happened. Um, yeah, I don't know. But at this point, you're you're looking at. I'm honestly, if you go look at this game, should have ended in a draw. It should have. So everyone has their own talking points about the red card. I'm on, I'm kind of like stuck in the middle about it. But I will let you explain first, so I can seem like I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. First of all, the first th- there is a, a two or three errors here by the officials. First error is this shouldn't have been a penalty kick. <coughs> and if it's not a penalty kick, then I would accept a red card from Braden Troyer. The reason why it shouldn't have been a penalty kick is because the foul was committed just outside the box. Now, we do not have VAR. USL League One. Can we get that, please? We do not have VAR. So, it's hard for the referee to catch that. But, okay, you call the PK. If you call the PK because of the double jeopardy rule, Braden Troyer cannot get a red card in that situation. So, there's, first of all, not catching the foul at the right location. Secondly, if you make the error of calling a penalty kick, you then have to go by the rules and not give Braden Troyer a yellow, a red card in that situation because of the double jeopardy rule. You cannot give a player a red card and that same team is, has to suffer a penalty kick as well. I get all that. I will say this. Troyer put himself in a situation where you pretty much put it in the ref hands at that point. Knowing the history of USL refs, knowing that we don't have VAR, knowing that it looked like Troyer tackled him at the one-yard line, it doesn't help. I will say this, however. I, I wouldn't even say that. It doesn't look good. The way how Troyer fell. Troyer got beat. Let's start there. Yeah, first. no, he got beat. He definitely and committed. And Troyer went to the method of Elliot defending of either you get past me or, or the, the ball, ball but not both of y'all. Yeah. No, I understand. I understand. And I do feel that if that foul is called in the correct position and the ref gives a free kick because Troyer is the last defender back and there is... Stopping it's stopping a goal scoring opportunity. Yes, Troyer should get a straight red. Yeah. But that's that would be like you say, leaving it in the ref's hands. But at the end of the day, USL League One, you're still a professional league. And because you're a professional league, we need professional officiating. Me as a coach for youth, I always tell the kids, you guys aren't professionals, so don't expect professional officiating. That is what I go by. So I don't get torn up when a bad call is made when I'm coaching. But these are professionals. They get paid to do this. These are pros. This is this. You are supposed to be professional. You're supposed to be the top grade, regardless of whether it's MLS, USL Championship, USL League One. You are a professional. No, you're totally right. Um, I don't even think. So, regardless of that, um. I just think Troy just it was just left up to the ref hands and I think the ref was just I think he caved in the pressure. Yeah. I think and 
we've all been caught in that moment where it's like you just you just like I don't know what's going on. Let me just hurry and get this done. And he just showed the red, gave the PK. Like we, I think we both agree on the point. I think everyone else agrees on the point. It should not have been a red card because it's not like Charter like two footed the guy in the box and stood over and was like ah. Like he did that. <laughs> I think it is a bad. I think it's an unfortunate call to Charter, but I'm in the I'm in the thing of you left it in the ref hand, and these refs aren't. MLS refs, they're not Premier Leagues or where they, you know, they're in that situation all the time so they know it. So we're down one nothing because the PK is scored. So we're kind of much praying with just three in the back. I think it's like a 3-3-2, three, three, what it looks like in the most part. Yeah, basically. Um, The second goal, once again, if you had VAR, you can tell if it's offsides or not. It's hard to look at because if you slow it down, it's offsides. But if you look at it live, it doesn't look like it. It's one of those things where, yeah, in in it could go either way. Yeah, in real movement, it looks like it was a perfect run. Yeah, and but a if perfectly you slow it, run. Yeah, if you slow, if you it, slow down, it down, at, and do your own VAR work. Yeah, you can see that he is slightly offsides. We don't have VAR, so in that situation, yeah. we got to give it. But the other thing, too, I think Avon, I want to say it's almost like last, not last week, but Ford, where he got stuck in two minds. Yeah. Because he was like, either do I go attack? I think if, if Troyer is still there, I think Avon goes. I think he attacks the ball. I think yeah. he doesn't sit back there and wait. Yeah. But since Troyer is not there, he is he's the main center back. Yeah. He's, he's I think it's then of... If I go attack, who is then covering yeah. him? All right, what well, if I drop back, who is then occupying yeah, the this space ball. here? Yeah. He's stuck in two minds. The He's stuck having to try and do the job of two yeah. players. Yeah. The Chattanooga attacker had the presence of mind to just slot that ball into the space that was occupied. He one times it is in the bottom of the net. Yeah. That's that was my problem on that goal. But once again, it's like That's a result of the red card. Yeah. Yet again. Yeah. So that red card had a looming effect because honestly, this game should have ended as a draw. Yeah. So that that you call a PK whether it's right or not, that's a goal. But yeah, Troyer's still on the field. Ivan doesn't isn't stuck in two minds and and having to try and figure out how to be two players at yeah, once. Yeah, exactly. He's not trying to figure out like <clears throat> I think, and this is no like disrespect to Ivan. Ivan is almost like. He is almost, I would say, he's the equivalent of Chris Smalling. Since we're United fans, we're Chris Smalling. Yeah. Chris Smalling is great when you tell him, this is job A, you do job A. Yeah. In case job A fails, you do job B. Chris Smalling is great in that. But if we're C happens, he doesn't know what to do. <laughs> he goes brain fried. He's like, oh, I didn't know how to do this. But if you start telling Smalling, Hey, you got to do this, but then do this, but then do that, but then do this. Even though he's not a professional, there are just certain players that you don't like. I can't give you a lot because you you don't have those kind of skill sets. Yeah, Avon's that kind of player. You Avon give him is a great. job, he'll do it. Well. Yeah, yeah. If you tell Avon when you get the ball, you're the more advancing center back. You go up there, you try to make the passes in the midfield. You can split the lines. Mm-hmm. If we don't have that, then you can drop back. But when you talk about you are the main center back, 
you can go afford, but do you have to worry about this, but you have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Now, and without a preparation for that, yeah. because now it's like in the in the heat of the moment, now all of a sudden, Ivan is alone back there with two yeah. fullbacks. Yeah. Mm. And then you also lose your defensive stalwart in Troyer to cut pretty much the Brian Erlacher of our defense, the one that's like calling out like, hey, do this, shift here. Yeah, it's and gone. It, yeah, it's all going to, Ivan who's like, whoa, I, it, you should know it. It's different when you get thrown in that moment. Exactly. Um, so we get to halftime, of course. And does Greenville really need to try? No. They don't at this I point. Think it, because I think that's what I'm saying. That Lansing and forward game depends on a lot. It, it yeah, really that it Lansing. Really, it's basically the Lansing forward game and the Chattanooga-Toronto game that are the two that will create, that will have some bearings on, on what's going to happen. Yeah. Because if Greenville lose to South Georgia, okay, South Georgia are still in sixth, and Greenville are but that's what I'm still saying. in third. But just imagine, like, say if Lansing loses, right, and fours and the players are locked up. Mm-hmm. You're South Georgia. You get the opportunity to deny Greenville a home playoff game. True. Once again, you... It's still a, a bit rivalry, rivalry, but you still got something to play for. Yes. You can knock Greenville out. If Lansing wins, then eh, that game means absolutely nothing because Greenville can't move ahead of Lansing. Yeah. But it's still something to play for. Um, but now we're getting into our favorite part of the podcast, and it's listener questions. Listener questions. So, first of all, we want to say thank you to all our listeners. Everyone that has listened, shared, reviewed, left a um, thing on Apple Podcasts, a review. You're amazing. So we decided to open up, have a couple of listener questions because there's three games left. We're playing the kids. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> so first question comes from our good friend Eric. Um, he asks, predictions on the league possession for next season. Would playoffs be assumed? That's a good question. Um, next season, I see us doing significantly better than this year. Um, I I see us maybe challenging for third or fourth. Okay. Um, So definitely getting into the playoffs. Um, Again, this still depends on who's going to stay. Who's going to stay? Who's going to sign for another year? Who's going to stay on for another year with the kickers? Who's going to leave? Um, what acquisitions we're gonna make during the winter? You know, the the it depends on all that. But I do feel that with, um, I from what I've seen, from what I've heard, from from what I can gather, these boys have bought in to Bulow's system, to what Bulow is trying to do with this kickers team, and. I do feel that this season was a serious, complete change. And that's why we kind of had to be a little more patient about it. Because I think the, the, the kickers this season have created an entirely new identity on the field. Yeah. They have not played the same way that they have in the past years under Lee Kalashaw. And because of that took a season for them to get used to that new system. Even though, yes, there are only four players from last year, but with regards to what the fans are expecting, 
with regards to what players have seen the kickers do who are coming who came in it took it's it's something new it was revolutionary Bulo brought a new system in took a while i think they've all bought in and because they've all bought in i i really think that next year it's going to be a completely different ball game and we we like i said challenging third or fourth true and i will say this i think next year we have Omaha coming in. They're still still kind of moving on who else is coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this. I think we will challenge for... I don't want to go league position because I don't... I feel like we can finish anywhere between thir- third and fifth. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. Third to sixth. That's where Richmond can anywhere finish. Yeah. I don't know because we don't know like roster movements, who else, how other teams are going to perform. We should, at the bare, bare minimum, challenging for a playoffs position. Like, it should come down to the final day. Like, we should be still in the playoff. I don't think there should be the thing of, like, we were in June where it was like, all right, this ain't happening. Shut it down. Yeah. Um, I think that can't happen next year. Um, but I say, I go anywhere from between third and six for us next year. So, next question comes from my good friend Andrew. He asks, Regardless of dropping down a level and having another frustrating year, it wasn't as bad as last year, which, yeah, true. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. Last year the was... Last, in your opinion, is it reasonable to say that Bulo is showing improvement and creating a culture, or is it simply he is disappointing and a replacement is necessary? Well, I mean, we, I guess we just answered that with me saying that, you know, he's got a new system going, um, and this new system, it took a while for the guys to buy into it, to understand it, and to be able to execute it well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I feel that, that that's, that's, that's what you want when you get a new coach, a new front office, a new everything, a new identity for the kickers. You want... You want a rebirth, and yeah. it takes a while. I think the thing is, I think Bulo has gotten better. Yes. I'm not going to lie. Like, we, we've been in this corner. Like, we've talked to him. Like, you know, we talked to people around the club. Bulo has gotten better. Yes. Um, the team has gotten better. Now, there has been those moments of where, like, you can say we've been the most consistent team at being inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. But I think Bulo has gotten better. I think there is things to highlight, even though it's been a massive – Disappointed for us, what we expected at the beginning of the year to now, where we were mm-hmm. like, oh, we expect to be in the playoffs. We expect to be winning the title. We're dropping out of the league. We're supposed to dominate. We're supposed to beat everyone. But then we saw it, we were like, oh, whoa. Yeah, this is not going good. But I think Bueller has recovered from that because I think yeah. that June stretch really tested a lot. And we got better from that. Exactly. We went on a little bit of a run. Now it didn't. In positive as we thought it was, but I think there there's still there's positives to take from it. Yeah, I think there's still negatives to take from it, but you can look at it a, from both lenses and be like, there's areas of growth that's needed, but there's things to build upon. It's not like how we ended last year; we were just like, all right, what are we supposed to do now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, last year it was just. I mean, I I can say that most people were in the mindset of, thank God that's over. Yeah, because like, I'm not even gonna lie. Like even at the end of last year, even though I knew we was going down the league, it was just kind of just like I don't even know if I want to go to the game. Yeah, but now it's like yo, we got two homes. I want to go to the game. I want to figure out like 
all right, if we play the kids, what are we doing? Like, there's more. There's more. I want to know more about the team. Yeah. I want to. It's more of a situation yes. looking at the glass half full. Yes. Than looking at it half empty than where we were last year. Where mm-hmm. we were just like, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. Like, we, we, how many goals did we score last year? Put, but the defense is a lot better. Like, significantly better. Um, so, yeah. So, that's all I wanted to say. Go back to the pod. What's going on, guys? Real quick. This is Elliot. Just want to interject real quick. Um, the next part you're about to hear about, we were talking about goals, and we got it wrong. <laughs> um, so here's the correct stats for it. Last year, 2018, all those know we was in the USL Championship. We played 34 games, but I told it off at 26 to have the records even. We scored 23 goals, the same amount that we have for this year, but we gave up 59 goals in this year, we only gave up 33. So, the offense is about the same. Total, like, you can count. I want to say about the same we scored this year. I want to say. Are you sure? I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that we scored more I say this, this year. I, I, we have won more games. Far more. Yeah. I mean, last year. But we I want to say, I think, two, three. I think the goals are about the same. Yeah. I think the goals are about the same. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm going to say. I will also throw in this advocate, ad, advocate. If contracts are not an issue, so we're not thinking yeah, about contracts. contracts. Yeah, no, we're on, just thinking solely on based on this. On year. necessity, who would who, who would, would we want, want to stay? Yeah. I definitely think um, Retzlaff, Kraft, and Greg need to stay as rotation players, right. and and to be honest with you, Kraft may. Probably halfway through next season, break in as a starter. I think Kraft is already. So I think you can put Kraft as a starter. Because think about it. Because uh, you got to think we've got Bulldog. We've got Mwape. Hughes has been doing I would well. replace Mwape with Kraft in a heartbeat. I love Mwape, but I would put Kraft in. Kraft can create. That's true. And Mwape's more of a winger. Yeah. Well, I mean. It, if and you want Kraft a, to create, you would want him more central then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what he is. He's more of a central player. Yeah, and he Wapi is more is of a, a winger playing a, a cam. Yeah, well, no, no. At this point, Mwape is playing more. Uh, well, yeah, in the 3-5-2, he's yeah. playing more as like he, think a about cam. It. If Wapi, how many times have you seen Mwape out on the wing, cut in, because he it didn't play like that attacking mid-roll? Yeah. Kraft naturally fits that. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. For me personally, I would say, I think if we can retain anywhere from seventy-five to eighty percent of this roster for next year. Yeah. Granted, some people are going to leave just because of there's new opportunities. I was on championship. I haven't played, so it's hard to really figure out like who is going to stay. I think anywhere from seventy to eighty percent, I feel good with. Yeah. I mean, I I can't really say that there's any player that I'm like. This player needs to go. Not really. I, I don't think... And and the players that you would maybe think that, I don't think we've seen enough of. Um, when you look at players like Pavone and players like Lucas, yeah. you, you ha- we haven't seen enough of them to know if they are good squad players. That's true. Or if they... Could maybe break into the starting line, especially when you look at someone like Lucas. I mean, he's hasn't he's been recovering from an injury, yeah. and so we haven't seen the best of him yet. 
Lucas, so. Moss. I would like to see. Uh, yeah, Moss definitely. We haven't seen the best of him yet because of um, that injury at the beginning of the season. Pavone, he had moments where he shined. Yeah. So I, I, I was. That's what I'm saying. I think like seventy percent to eighty percent. I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I think it's a case of where the only ones I'm not sure of. I haven't seen play. You yeah. Know? Like. Perez or um, or like Broom Broomall Broomall. Well, I mean, yeah, he's the backup backup goalkeeper. Yeah, but still, like he, I want to see if he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is you can't really judge him off of the Lionsbridge game because he didn't really have that much to do in that game. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is, if it's a case of where Lazar were only like ten percent of the roster stays, mm-hmm. then I'm like, all right, something's not right. Yeah, like that's where I have pause concern. But I think more of this roster stage, there's more people that know the system. It's not like where you're spending this whole year having to learn a system, yeah. dumping that system, and relearning a whole other system. Yeah, that's... I don't think it's that. Yeah. So, that's where I lay out. So, Keith Kamachi asks, what went wrong this year, and how do we fix it? Other teams built from scratch and won, and Bulo got to pick the pick his players this year which fixed the concern from last year true so was it tactics coaching decision scouting player acquisition or something else so i will answer this first i'll i'll give you a minute i understand where keith is coming from we definitely came into a league where most of the teams were either starting from scratch or just getting completely new I think the only other team that was not built from scratch North was, Texas. No, because North Texas is completely new. Toronto, they came down with us. And South Georgia, that came up from USL League uh, 2. Lansing, you could kind of put in that same bracket, but they were in Lansing United, and then they switched to Lansing United. I think the thing was, Bulo brought in players for one system. And that system wasn't working. And then he had to switch his system where he didn't have the players to fit that system. Mm. We kind of already answered it before, but like you got to look at the glass that kind of half full. Like, Bulo went from, what was it, the 4 2 3 1, the slow possession, the build up, things mm-hmm. like that. And there was not a lot working from it. We're not even going to try to ship the code from you. Yeah. It's not a lot that was working from it. It wasn't working. And then he switched after we had finished having this game when we beat Orlando City B, we go to three in the back, and the team performs a lot better. Yeah. Some week on Twitter, I'm gonna get around to figure out the difference of how we played when we had when we made that switch from the Orlando City win in July mm-hmm. before and after. Like how, which team was better? And I think that's the moment when you found Bulo had he he found his groove. Yeah. You know, he found he found that 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 thing that he could kind of like he could take it and now he could build from it. Yeah, that's why I'm like I'm kind of leaning towards looking at the glass half empty. And even though Bilo, he did he had to handpick his own players. You know he got to take credit for it. Like you got to admit, like yo, I messed up, I screwed up. I think going into year two, I think Bilo now knows like all right, I need to have these kind of players. I need to have this kind of player for this situation. I need to make sure that I have better center back depth. I need to make sure that I have a ball-controlling center defensive mid for Troy if he's not going to play. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I have backup strikers that if Chen or Jackson or Boateng 
are not in a groove or they don't come back. I have or someone they're injured or whatever. Or someone can fit in. I need to make sure that I have a proper right winger. They're all holes. I think Bulo has players that will for. For instance, I will use Max. Maxi works great when it's a possession-dominated team and is able to sit back and pass. As, as, yeah, as a pivot, basically. Maxi doesn't work well when it's like you're the sole defensive anchor. Yeah. And that's no fault of his. That's just who Maxi is. Yeah, he's, he's more of a pivot CDM, while yeah. Troy is more of a destroyer CDM. So if you want to compare it to some more known players out there, yeah. Maxi would be more of the Busquets, while... Troyer is more of a Conte. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I would agree with that. And the last question, of course, comes from our buddies over in Capital Combustion. They ask, how much of your starting lineup slash key subs do you think should be brought back for next year? I'll let you answer first. So for you is, we got two games left. Yeah. These two games mean nothing. Mm-hmm. Do you care more about the wins in these last two games? Where we go into next season, like, hey, we won our last two home games. It feels better. Or do you care more about seeing what we have in Francis Ratzliff? Or, you know, Kraft running the number 10. Or Boateng playing the start. Do you want to see more of the subs? I, and see what they can do over the course of these next two games. And using these next two games as, like, glorified... Preseason games, basically, to see what we have. Basically, okay. Yeah, I'm glad we're the especially pace. for the Wednesday game. Yeah, after playing yet, after playing yesterday, on the, for the Wednesday game, you can rest a lot of those stars. And let's let's see Pavone, let's yeah. see Greg Bean, let's yeah. see Bar- Retzlaff. Barring injury, yeah. I have no problem. Give Joe Rice a start. Let Akira finish play the game on Saturday. Give Joe Rice a Joe start Rice on a Wednesday. start on Wednesday. Yeah, I put mean, to be honest there. With you, I want to see more of Joe Rice. To be honest with you, yeah. Especially after <clears throat> the one game he had after um, um, the Toronto game, yeah, the Toronto he game looked pretty well. He looked really pretty well. Good. Yeah. Um, I will also say, let Boateng start. Let yeah. Shannon Jackson get some rest. Throw Perez out there and see what happens. Yeah, yeah, see what happens. I mean, you really like. There's nothing. There's nothing to lose. And everything to gain from giving those yeah, guys playing. because you get to see more of what you have to offer, and then you can make more informed decisions. Not only giving the, not only giving those guys playing time, but also giving those guys playing time in front of the home fans. Yeah, you want them to perform in front of the home fans yeah. because if we had an away game on Wednesday, and you take those, you know, all the the guys that have been basically rotation players or bench players, and you. Send them, let's say we had to go to Toronto for that, and you send them off to Toronto, it's, yeah, great, I got playing time. But it's it's another thing when you get to perform almost a full game at least yeah, in true. front of your own fans. So, Well, I'm going to be there Wednesday or Saturday. I think you're just going to be there Saturday, Saturday, right? yes. All right, so Duty you see us, shout us out. Um, we got some fun stuff coming down the line for y'all. We, we're talking with Total Soccer Show to try to get this uh, last show on the road and done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that being said... Yeah, that'll that'll be fun, though. That'll be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. That'll be super fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I gotta wrap up, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> with that being said, this is Elliot. This is Shanir. You can also follow us on Instagram at RiverCity93. We're trying to get 100 followers on there, so follow us on there. Also, leave us... Um, review 
wherever you listen to your podcast at. Uh, like, share, and review. Always. Also, if you're interested in buying a River City 92 t-shirt, you can go to for the, for the culture dot myshopify.com make sure you buy the River City 93 t-shirt take a picture of us in it you can also follow our other sponsors Roughneck Scarves and Beautiful Game Network in the description in the show links down below and with that being said guys keep us